because we're live. We're going to talk first. We're going to talk first. <laughs> hey, Daphne, you, you know, one of the things people have said to me is that they get stuck in life because of this bright, shiny object syndrome. Yeah. You know, sometimes they get so distracted by all of these different interests and hobbies and passions that they can't just stay focused on any one thing. Yeah, and they can't do any of it because they don't have enough time. Yes, yeah, they, of, it, it, because of work. You know, work really does get in the way, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> but not today, my friends, not today. We're gonna Not today. We're going to teach you how to never work another day in your life. Yes, we are. We're going to start this show. Welcome to Life, the ultimate choose-your-own-adventure game with hosts Cliff Ravenscraft and Daphne Scott. Join this dynamic duo as they explore the profound concept of life as a thrilling adventure, blending ancient wisdom and modern psychology. Embrace the joy of living with presence, creativity, and playfulness. It's time to navigate the game of life together. Are you ready to play? Let the adventure begin. Living with presence. That's what I just heard in that one. You know, every single time we play that jingle here in our live stream as we're recording. Yeah. I listened to because you came up with the the script and everything you had yeah. it produced, and so each time I'm hearing it, I'm kind of hearing it for the first time. And every now and then, I pick up like different things. And I, I really enjoyed it a couple of weeks ago when I heard the dynamic duo, and I didn't hear anything <laughs> else other than Cliff and Daphne, the di Wonder Twin powers activate. You know, so but today, the is it was it the joy of living life with presence or something to yeah, that effect? Living a life I like with that. Presence. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, I'll be honest, when I put that together I, and I heard it and I love the guy's voice, I forget the actor's voice, his name, but he had a great voice. And I thought, oh, it feels a little long. And, you know, you, you're sort of in writing, it's sort of like the idea of like killing your darlings, right? You're like, okay, well, what parts of this, you know, it's harder to write short. It's easier to write long. And I thought, oh, what parts of this, like, should I kill this? And so I did and I sent it back and he, and he came back and he did it. And I, I'm like, no, I've got to put the whole, the whole thing's got to be in there just like I wrote it. So I just left it. <laughs> I'm yeah, and so, so for those of you who think, oh my gosh, do I have to listen to this each time? I encourage <laughs> you each time you click play on our podcast, when that intro plays, see what part of the intro, what message stands out to you today. I love that. That's a great recommendation, Cliff. As Thank always, you. as always. Well, speaking of today, we are going to be talking about just this whole idea, and I loved how you kicked off the show, right? I'm, I'm getting distracted by these other interests that I have, these other things that I might want to do. It's a distraction to me. I should stay focused solely on work, I guess. Um, and we're going to do, a, again, as we do, a reframe on this idea um, of these other, in, other creative endeavors, I would call them, in our life. Some people may have called them hobbies. I do not like that word, and I'm going to talk about why I don't like that word. Uh, I think words are important. I think they create worlds. Said that before on the show. That is not my line. That is from Chris Peterson, who is no longer with us. You can look him up. But I, um, yeah, and this whole idea, where this came about was partially from a conversation we had last week. You mentioned it. And secondly, I, I have a couple of essay, essays that I'm working on. And one is about finding meaning at work, which I also don't like. <laughs> <laughs> essentially i just pick a lot of things Stephanie has a whole laundry list of writings about things she does not like i love this <laughs> just where <laughs> oh 
maybe one day I'll know something I do like. So I started writing. She also has a gratitude journal. (laughs) I I write about the things I don't like and then do my gratitude journal. I'm grateful for all of these disagreements. So meaning at work, but then I, then I, and, and then this idea of creative endeavors and, and I sort of landed on how these things kind of can bounce off of each other. Right. So I'm so busy trying to find meaning in work. That's where I need to find my meaning at my identity, my sort of, oh, because I, because I quote have to work. Right. That's a belief. There we go. Um, I pay the bills. Therefore I should be all in on this thing that pays the bills. Only do the thing that pays the bills get all the way in on it and not do anything else. And, and then because I'm all in on that, if I'm trying to do something else, I'm too busy. I don't have time. And, you know, a hobby is just something that it's nice to have. I don't need to have it in my life. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't get me anywhere. So I had a real reframe on all this and that's what we're going to talk about today. And then you brought in the idea of the shiny thing. Yeah. I, 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 and I threw that in without, prepping you ahead of time because it is something that has come up for me a number of times. I happen to have a pattern in my life of finding new interests that capture my attention. Some people call it the bright, shiny object syndrome, as if it's some sort of problem that one needs to (laughs) avoid somehow or solve or fix. And I'm like, why? I I hope that I never lose that. Yeah, I hope you don't either. There's something about, and it's, some people say, well, that's just your way of escaping reality. And it's it's your way of unplugging from the stress of life. And I'm like, I'm not that stressed anymore. Mm -mm. I used to be very stressed. And, but no, I, I can actually have my life going incredibly well. I can be feeling good. Most of the time, if not all the time, but at least most of the time. Yeah, you make sure. I will still like, huh, there's a 54-hour audiobook that has the biography of all four members plus Stieg Anderson from ABBA and talks about how they became the worldwide success that they are. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I like ABBA. I wonder if this 54-hour book, and I listen to it every single day for hours a day, and then I'm like, I wonder if I can find ABBA in concert live, and so two or three hours uh, of that day would be spent watching ABBA in concert, and I would be uh, looking up, hey, I wonder, can I find the Magic of ABBA cassette that I had when I was a kid? Yeah. And it's sitting right behind me, and I wonder if I can go find a cassette player that will play this cassette tape. And, I'm just like, and let me guess, and then every once in a while, a voice creeps in. It's like, you know, you should really be working on something. Now that you, you, here's the thing, that voice used to come in all the time yeah. when I was obsessed with things. But I will tell you what, that voice doesn't come up anymore. Yeah. And so it and for me, it's like, no, this is amazing. You were right. Like that was that was the whole point is that you were able to see the voice and recognize. I would imagine this is my experience. And by the way, similar, <laughs> similar uh, interests. I'll get into my hobbies in a minute. Hobbies, my interests, um, similar. And I had to work on that voice, too. Right. And And what's really true 
I have never, and I've had people ask for advice, you know, how did you become successful in your career? How did you do all these things? And here's what I tell everyone. I have never lost in my life, so to speak, by following the things that I was interested in. I've never, and I don't Agreed. know why I'm interested. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I mean, absolutely agree. Yeah. I never know why I'm interested in something or what gets my attention about that thing. I simply follow my interests and it has yet to, to put me on the sort of losing, if I say losing side, yeah, I'm losing that, using that term loosely because <laughs> it's losing. Um, and, you know, but I've never lost doing that. And somehow in a sort of interesting sort of synchronicity of life, they end up converging on each other. And it's yes. I want to share something with you. So when I was newly married, I brought debt into my marriage with Stephanie and I brought a student loan. Because I brought, of all your interests. <laughs> well, pretty much. Yes. <laughs> and my, my lack of delayed sense of gratification uh, <laughs> or delayed gratification. But anyway, in my, so I brought a lot of debt into our marriage and Stephanie and I, I then shared with Stephanie how we can extend debt even further. <laughs> so it got you how to do it, honey. <laughs> it came to this place where all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, Stephanie, they just came out with this brand new computer system. I was, you know, I was walking around Micro Center. I just happened to be in the neighborhood. Love of course, it. I drove an hour out of my way to get there, but <laughs> I just happened to be in the neighborhood. And it's like, I can take out, you know what, if I had this computer, here's what I could do. And I would go to the bank and say, listen, I don't have any more credit on my credit cards. What can we do so that I could take out a personal loan for this computer? And I would be at, and, and I would actually be uh, like once every 18 to 24 months, I'm literally trying to refinance all of my debt so I could buy a new computer, buy a new computer, buy a new computer. And it didn't make any sense at the time. I felt a lot of guilt and a shame about it. But at the same time, I'm like, no, I, I have to have this. There's, I'm convinced that I need to do this. Now, at the time, I'm working in my mom and dad's insurance agency. There's absolutely no reason I need any of this stuff. There, But it's just a hobby. I want to write blogs. I want to be online. I want to connect with people around the world. Just I don't know. Hobby. It's just a, It's just fun. It is just yeah. fun and fulfilling and I enjoy it and I love it. And it seems to be a part of me connecting people and, and really encouraging others. It's like, that's, this is what I want to do with this. And then I look today, if I only knew then how all of those investments would pay off in the way that it's paid exponentially way more than I ever borrowed. Yeah. It, it's, it's amazing to me. It is amazing. And when you follow, and similar thing for me, you know, I started out my career, I was very, I, I was a physical therapist first, started out my career that way, loved it. And there was a day when I realized, I heard this guy speak and I realized, oh, that's what I want to be doing. Mm. And it, it was, it was as if I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't stop myself, you know, and I had done um, improv training. I'd been a performer so on and so forth. And I thought, wow, that, this gift of speaking that I had been given and all of it. And so I just kept following it and it was shocking. Now, what really came out of all of it, which is even more shocking, <laughs> I'm doing improv classes, which by the way, if no one, if you're listening and you've not taken an improv class, I would highly recommend it. I learned so much. What in taking those classes and going through that process, 
what was so beneficial about that was I was also really getting into mindfulness and, and all these ways of living a better life and being present. I mean, there's nothing like an improv class to teach you the art of being present to what's going on around you. And there's learnable skills. So all of these things really were converging. And then I was taking acting classes and learning about emotion and learning about which emotions I, I had no issues express, uh, <laughs> no issues expressing and emotions that I would never go near. And, you know, my acting teacher, I, I accused him of being a, a mini psychologist because they can see all that <laughs> They're working with you. Right? They can see all of it. And my improv teachers too. So there were just all of these ways that all of that led into sort of my wanting to understand psychology more. And then it led into coaching. I, I, I could go back and just weave all of those threads together at the time. And who knew? Who knew that that would lead me into the world of coaching and then leaving my career as a physical therapist and going on this other endeavor? And then, it, it, interestingly enough, Cliff, that's what led me to you. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Right? Like, I mean, who could have, I, I mean, I would have never predicted that, not in a million years. So this, I, and I want to get to this definition of work and I want to kind of do all the reframes on this because I think it's these following what you just described and what I was describing and following our interests and not. I think becoming, I will use the word myopic about our careers or about what we're doing in our life, I think is really the stuff. It's where, the, it's where we find the juice. I think, I don't know if that's been true for you, but it's definitely true for me. And I have an endless array of things that I like to do, <laughs> things I love writing. I'm starting a new career as a musician, uh, which music has been a part of my life since I was very, very little. And uh, I played the drums for quite a, quite a long time on and off. And so going into that now, I have no idea where it's going to lead. I have no idea what's going to happen. I know that I'm following the interest I have. I have goals. I set intentions around it, but you know, those hold, I hold very loosely, but simply following that interest, I have no idea what's going to happen. And we've, when we've talked about that. So I want to reframe the definition of work first and foremost. Well, before, because I've read your definition and I know you want to reframe it. I want to share with you my definition of work for most of my life. Okay. Just to, and, and by the way, I don't have it written out. I haven't pre-thought right. of it ahead of time. Okay. Other than just like the, just the randomness of it. If, if you were to ask me before I looked at your definition of work, yeah. what do I think of work as? Because okay. I haven't really given it a, I, quite frankly, I don't think a lot, a lot about work and I don't think a lot about hobbies. I just think about experiencing life these days. Yeah. But when I did think about work, here's what my definition was. All right. It's that it is the effort that I must exert to earn enough income to provide for my own financial needs and the needs of my family and the ways that I desire to be involved in my community around me. Okay. So it's the, and, and I'm coming up with some sort of, def, but yeah, the amount, it is the effort <laughs> and energy that I must put into something that in return will earn me money so okay. that I can pay for the things that are required of life as far as my beliefs about what's required. Okay. So you definitely tied to the definition of work, the monetary part of it. That's, that's that was most of my life and i don't know that prior to this conversation i've done a lot to dismantle that belief i just don't think a lot about work as much as i used to yeah you well you've probably i think through your from what i understand of your sort of evolution too is that you've you've changed so much of of your thought process your belief systems sort of all those things too that probably you probably just when it's one of those things right that in, just right goes in. along with all the other beliefs that are probably a bunch of bullarkey. <laughs> 
and and, and and it's still intact, but it's in the bar. It's in the trash bin. It could, if, from time to time, I haven't emptied that trash bin, and so, so from time to time, I could go in and dig it out and live today by it. And then realize, nope, that, there's a reason why this was in the trash bin, and I put nope, it back. Nope, it's still there. Still there. <laughs> I love it. Just in case I need it. <laughs> just in case I, I need it. I wonder when I, I put mean, stuff in the trash bin in the computer. I'm like, just why doesn't it just empty it? Like, why is it Why is it in? I just don't want, I guess, I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> I emptied mine. Anyhow. The trash bin is a great metaphor for karma, by the it way. It was really good. That was good. Yeah. So my definition of work, and I got this, I do want to say that when I heard this, it was so eye-opening to me, and I got it from David Allen. He wrote, ironically, I think I think that's what I like about the definition that he came up with it too, and I say ironically, because he wrote the book Getting Things Done, which is the sort of, in my opinion, the productivity Bible, if there was one, right? Just his way of thinking I, about things. And, and I just want to point out, just because yeah. I love how different you and I are, I refuse to read that book. I have I have so many different people to this to right now I currently exist with no to-do list at all none yeah. whatsoever. I wake yeah. up every day right now and and I typically have about 3 months out of the year when I actually use a to-do list until eventually I what we call procrastinate it all to the thing yeah. and I'm like you know it'd be easier if I just didn't have that pressure in the morning to delete it all. Yeah. Well, it so would get, that's yeah. my getting things done. Well, <laughs> now, I want to tell you, I prescribe way more to that. I just wrote another essay called My Productivity BS Detector. <laughs> okay, <laughs> nice. And, you know, in my experience, this is a different topic if we want to talk about it on the sh not today's episode. But, you know, my experience, um, people, first of all, agree to so many things that, you know, they never want to do in the first place, that their, their quote, lists are full of just things that they never wanted to do. I think for people in, you know, organizational life who are working and taking on other, have, have to, you know, meet the demands of others' expectations quite a bit on a daily basis. And that there's just too many things for any one human being to get done in the first place. What was born out of that was this idea that I'm not productive enough. And I just want to tell anyone who thinks they're not, it's BS. <laughs> yeah. I, I have constantly been shocked by my clients who get more things done in a day that now that I'm sort of out of that world in many ways, I'm shocked. As a matter of fact, I found an old mind map of mine. I was sharing this with a friend of mine the other day and took a picture of it and sent it to her. When I looked at what was on that mind map, I felt nauseated. Yep. I, I literally looked at it and I thought, no wonder you were a lunatic <laughs> and emotionally. So, so I just don't buy the, um, I don't, I don't subscribe to that belief anymore that people are sort of not productive. I do think there are skills in that book that are really helpful. Oh, I'm, I'm sure there are. And, and, and stuff like I, that. I don't, but, I, I just, it's just not been my experience that people who are working their jobs, taking care of the kids, taking care of the family, paying the bills, doing all the things that they do in a day, there's no lack of productivity there. It's simply that there are too many things for one human being to get done in a day. So Very what did David Allen yeah, say okay. when it so, comes to defining work? Thank you. So his definition of work was anything that you want to be different than it is. Hmm, yeah. Yeah, I love it. So in other words, I don't know about ABBA. I want it to be different and I want to know about ABBA. I um, have a canvas here. It is currently blank. There's nothing on it. I want it to have something on it. 
You know, it, it's it. Neither of those statements are true. It's not that I wanted to learn about ABBA, and I don't know. Okay. And for you, I doubt there's ever a time when you've got a blank canvas, and I want the canvas to have something on it. I go a deep, even a deeper layer. It, it's kind of like I have a blank canvas, and I would like to paint something that reflects my idea of beauty and mm-hmm. splendor, or or suffering or demonstrates this for me it was i don't know anything about abba other than the fact that you know every generation on this planet seems to have uh massive millions of fans of this band what is it about that band that's different than all the millions of other bands i want to learn about what i can learn about fame in their story yeah so so you had a a different what i'd say is you had a maybe a a a more clear why so yes. to your curiosity for sure what i'm doing is very very reductionist here and just being like yes. it was this and now i want it it's this yeah there, right? it's, there's something you don't have and you want to have it i love that yeah very simply so the reason that i think that def- and, I, and i appreciate your your thoughts there too and i think so i think the reason that that definition is important is that you know you're noticing there's nothing about getting paid attached to it yes <laughs> There's nothing. Although, because Cliff has the neuroassociation, I can tell you in what ways I have financially benefited yes. from the study yes. of ABBA. Exactly, and your and your interest in computers and your interest and my in interest, technology and every other interest. I yeah. can find a way to take that what was not that I desired to be, and that investment yes. of what will we'll go with the work. I have found, because I have this belief that work does equal a financial benefit, my subconscious mind has always been operating in such a way to be in alignment with that belief that says, "I'll sure, we'll find ways for you to make money from this. Yeah, which is great, right? So you just yeah. added that part to it. Let's uh, For those who may who are listening and may not know, you also started podcasting about the show Lost. Yes. That was your first podcast, right? I think it was your first one. It was our very first podcast was all about the TV show Lost. And it was just a hobby. <laughs> it was just, just for fun. Wasn't paying the bills, man. It, it was. There was no need for it to financially benefit our family. I just needed some outlet for my interest in this early technology of podcasting. How does it work? Here's something that I could talk about. Yep. This is something I can involve my wife in. Yep, this is going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I, and I'm interested in this and, you know, you were podcasting when who knows how many thousands of hookups there were <laughs> all the having to learn all the technology that was very, I mean, it was very fledgling at the time, right? Oh yeah. It was brand and, new. Yeah, it was brand new. So yeah. So you followed that interest. So I like that. So it's just something just distilling it down. It's just, I'm starting here. It's going to go over there. That's it. It's not attached to money. Doesn't have it to be. Doesn't have to be. And when it is great. And then this is the second part of this is the idea of finding meaning in our work. So I really want to dive into this because once, once we can unhook, I think a little bit of the idea that work is something I do just simply to pay the bills, which by the way, it's okay if that's how you see work I'm offering and we're offering here sort of a different way to get at this because I find that people who have many creative, i.e. like yourself, Cliff and myself, many creative endeavors in life have a robustness to their life and it it gives a certain freedom 
and a certain way of balancing. When people talk about work-life balance, by the way, also a dichotomy I don't like. <laughs> We're just going to make this show all the things I don't like. <laughs> work-life balance. Work-life balance. It's a false dichotomy, first of all. It's like either you're at work, either For you're me, alive, either you're alive mine, or you're dead, I guess. <laughs> mine is work, 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 <laughs> work, 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 work. And eventually I will cease to physically exist. There you go. There it is. Exactly. That, I mean, seriously, for me, that is a joy-filled life because, well, I I view work in a completely different way than I used to. And that's what I'm proposing. That's what I'm proposing. And I think once we can start to see it in a different way, and once we can, it opens the door in many, many ways. First of all, it gets rid of this idea of that I'm out of balance in some way. I, it's sort of, it's sort of like forced fun in a way. And I think the conversation around finding meaning at work is sort of like forced fun. You're going to go here and have a good time. And it and I think that's the that's the part of it that I push back against so much that why not why not we just sort of sit with finding the meaning in our life. Period. End of discussion. <laughs> and then there's all the doing that happens and all the things that I'm interested in and all of the things that I'm excited about. And it may so it may be and hopefully it is for you listening that when the alarm goes off on Monday morning and I know I'm going to go to the office, I'm excited or I'm going to get behind the computer. I am thrilled to be doing that. Right. That would you could, be you could, you could have the blessing of waking up on Monday morning and say, oh, I'm podcasting with Daphne today. Exactly. I mean, come or, on. Or last night going like, I get to put this outline together. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is going to be great. I mean, that's the whole point. Yes. And that you're excited, right? I mean, that, that's the experience that's possible. And so I provide a lot of the context around this to support a shift in the consciousness to say, let's well, reframe this. Let's talk about this I, in a different way. I feel led to just tie this into last week's episode. You're okay. excited. And if we think about ourselves as energetic beings and we yeah. think about emotions, our energy in motion. Yep. So, and then, you know, the, the more positive feeling our higher vibrations or whatever, higher frequencies and all this, all of a sudden it's like, well, I get excited. It's like, wow, I am elevating my emotional level yeah. by doing this thing that I love. Yes. In any moment. And it doesn't have moment. to be one thing. <laughs> it doesn't have to be one thing. It doesn't have to be one thing. Okay. So, that's the definition of work. Let's talk about in I would like to I would like to shift just a little bit before we get into the idea of our creative endeavors, which I refuse to call hobbies. Before we get into creative endeavors, there's a question and I can't remember what you asked you asked it to me and I can't remember where it came from, but who are you and why are you here? Oh, so I, I want to drift I want to drift a little bit over to this idea of meaning because I think Again, it's just been so beat up, this idea of, you know, in organizational life, like finding meaning in your work. And again, I think it creates a, a somewhat of a false dichotomy. So, But I do want to talk about the meaning that we find in our lives, the meaning and the purpose that we find in our existence as beings on the planet. And I thought you'd have some really good thoughts about that, Cliff. I do. Uh, and I have not thought about this in advance. Yeah. Is there a question that you would pose it or do you want me at a free flow just what comes to my mind? I think, well, I think the question we talk about when we put it through the lens of who are you and why are you here? Here's what I can tell you immediately what comes to my mind. 
for okay. me, I, I it, and I've come to this place. I am a divine, eternal, spiritual being having a human experience. Yeah, beautiful. That that for me is my identity. It's who I am. It's why I'm here. So I, who I am is answered there. Why am I here? To have an experience of life. And an experience of life is, well, I get to create, I get to receive, I get to give, I get to experience. And, and, and with that comes the unlimited nature of all that experience has to offer. Yeah. And, and, the, and in this world of, we'll call duality, since we, in the intro, we talk about uh, bringing ancient wisdom. This whole idea of duality is that in every experience, there's going to be two edges of everything. There's going to be the good and the bad. There's going to be the rich experiences and the poor experiences. There's going to be the ups and the downs. There's going to be ebbs and flows, everything. And and what I've learned is like, wow, for me, I kind of like f- this idea of coming to this equanimity, this this seeming not balance between work and life, but just this balance of saying, you know what, none of this stuff in this experience of this life really impacts me mm. of who I truly am. Yes. And it's how I can experience this world of j- extreme joy in some areas and extreme suffering in other areas, great p- pleasure and great amounts of pain and yet at the all at the same time just experience it for what it is and it is the experience of life for so for me life doesn't need any other meaning for me other than to exist to be to witness to observe so that's what comes up for me today that's so good i love it today so mine is um i'm the singer the dancer and the music maker <laughs> it has a lot of deeper meanings. It's not simply just making music for me, but it's really the, it's really about being in the rhythm of life, exactly what you just described. And you know, I think there is that essence that are, in my experience, there is the essence part of us that is truly witnessing, truly simply the awareness. And this can be a little foreign if you if you haven't had that experience of simply recognizing that the isness that you are is really unaffected yes. by the things going on or maybe unimpacted maybe it'd be a work but unaffected by the things going on around us and even inside of us that there is this beingness that just is the isness that's always there that is just watching it is just observing and it's a great meditation to do right? Who's the one noticing? It's my favorite question in the whole world. Anyway, <laughs> I think the question itself, who are you and why are you here? When I first heard that question, I had a lot of sort of like, and I do, and I think as I've asked people the question, the, why are you here? People do attach it a lot to doing, right? Why I, are you here? Well, I'm here I to definitely do. Who am I? I am a professional speaker. I'm a coach. I am yes. a teacher. Uh, and m- the reason why I'm here is to encourage, equip, inspire, to teach, mm-hmm. to serve. And, yeah. and it was all about who I am and my meaning in this world. And, and what, what, quite frankly, what I did in, in doing that is I attached my sense of well-being to how well I was doing. Yeah. And in the moments and opportunities, I could say that, I, oh, man, I w- really wish I could have some time off. I really wish I could go and just sit back and relax and enjoy vacation. 
quite frankly, those were some of the least or the most stressful times of my life because I felt that there was such a lack of doing that I felt a lack of value. Yes. That, that a, a lack of worthiness. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and if I'm not always doing something or what happens if I don't check my email or what happens if I don't stay on top of the project or what happens, what will people say? Right. How dare I get a good night's sleep? I must you know there there were times, Daphne, when people would say, you know, I, I would go on vacation. So I was in insurance for more than a decade and I won all these trips, you know, all expenses paid around the world. And we would go to places like Barbados and, you know, to St. Kitts and Nevis Island and, and all these other places. And I can't tell you the number of places where I saw large families, like five, 10, sometimes 15 member families living in a concrete hut with a, 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 a straw roof over top of it, mud floors. Yeah. And the entire family lives in this thing that's about the size of my walk-in closet of my home back at, at, back at home. And the joy on their faces. <laughs> You know, and 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 seriously, these people seem to have some level of e excitement about life. And I would, we would stop, and we would go and buy from them, and and all this other stuff. And just the the pure, it, it was genuine joy that I could sense in these people's daily lives. And there's a part of me, it's like, how is this possible that they could have this joy without? All of the things that make life enjoyable. Yeah. Like. <laughs> like well, all the bills that I have back at home <laughs> waiting for me to pay when I get back. <laughs> there's a story. I'm going to I'm going to butcher it probably. But there's a story. I'm sure you've probably heard it. But it's about this guy who meets a fisherman. Like, yes. Some, right. Yes. And he's like, well, what are you doing? He's like, I'm catching fish. Like, and then I'm done for the day. I'm going to go home and enjoy my family. He's like, you know, if you get two or three more boats you can you can fish and, and then sell all the fish and make a lot of money he's like well what will i do after i make a lot of money he's like well you can get more boats and then you could sell make get more fish and you could sell that and then you could build a company he's like well what am i going to do once i build a company so the guy dragging the story the guy keeps down this path and he's like and then finally you know you can you'll have all the money and then you can retire and go home and enjoy time with your family <laughs> What well, exactly? And so, and then you could just come out here and just fish a little bit <laughs> yeah, and enjoy sure. your day and and have the siesta with your friends. It's, you know, it, that's exactly it. And you know what, Daphne? There was the, what's so funny is I got to the place where I enjoyed that story so much that I lived my life that way for a while. Yeah. And then I bounced back to the old way of thinking and being in the world. Oh. And I and and because I have seven hundred and nineteen episodes of the Cliff Ravenscraft show. Yes, you do. And there are only a handful of them that, quite frankly, I'm embarrassed by <laughs> today. And one of them is called. I think the episode was "Build Build the Boats." Okay. And I made. It's okay. like everybody. Everybody tells this analogy, this story, this metaphor of this guy, and it's like, well, don't you understand how much value you could add to the world? You're if you build the boats. Well, somebody's got to build the boats, so yeah. you're helping that family do this. And and if you if you buy more boats, then there's more boats that need to be built, and people have to ship them. That you got people that need to work the boats and all this other stuff. Yeah. Do you not see how it's like you it, by you not doing what this guy is saying? Do you see how? You're you're making life all about you and what you want. <laughs> and I'm like, 
<laughs> get, get out there and do things. <laughs> well, okay. Let's hold that as somewhat true though. Right? Yeah. Like because although although the ending was like, wah, wah, okay, maybe <laughs> maybe you're not selfish. What we are talking about though is the consciousness from which you come to building the boats. Yes. Right? So the guy who was encouraging the fishermen to build the boats wasn't really clear. And I think that's part of the story that I don't remember it coming out in that little vignette very clearly. It wasn't entirely clear the consciousness from which he was speaking, but it was implied. Yeah. Right. He, he wasn't clear why he was building the boats and he wasn't clear why he was in but, encouraging this guy to build the boats. <laughs> I think the, the, the consciousness of the guy is determined by the person hearing the story and is also yeah. is also determined by the person telling the story yeah. because the consciousness of either of the two parties, whether it's the guy advising him to build a huge, massive business and retire one day or the guy who likes to just hang out and have siesta and and play guitar with his friends at night. Neither of those are either good nor bad. They're just right. what your belief system is. And that's right. Yeah. Probably, and and, and that's why I, I'm not truly embarrassed by it. It's just yeah. like there's just been different seasons of my life where I've identified with various different aspects of what that story could mean. Yeah, I think that's I think that's actually brilliant because that's the whole point. <laughs> we get to be the interpreters, which is the whole point that I'm making right now. <laughs> we get to be the interpreters of our life and find the meaning and make up the meaning. And we are just making it up, by the way. So <laughs> that, everything is made up. That's what I love. The four agreements, yeah, the four agreements, four Don Miguel Ruiz. We have the personal dream. We have the the dream of the family. We have the dream of the extended family. We have the dream of the village. We have the dream of the town. We yep. have the dream of the city. We have the dream of the state. We have the dream of the nation. And we have the dream of the, the all of the, of the world. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The whole yeah. thing. Making it up. And, Jobs, and we, but it's but it's all made up it's all made up steve jobs did a talk it's one of my favorites it's on the internet somewhere you can find it um but he he basically says that exact same thing it's like look everything is just made up people just had an idea and they're making it up and so oh, and, and he also said and it was all made up by somebody who's no smarter than you yes he did say that yeah <laughs> Although, <laughs> you mean Steve Jobs? So, yeah, right. But yes. Well, wait a second. Well, so that's that's. The, I know this is not the topic, but I just I I just felt it's like oh I can't let that one slide by. I, so, was Steve Jobs, Albert Einstein, or any of these other people were they any more brilliant than anyone else, or did they all have something in common? And I've actually studied because, as I told you, I, by the way, I think was, was ABBA yeah. any more special than anyone else? They just put some patterns of things that have worked throughout all time and all history. Yeah. And and there's a reason why they have fame. Well, and, and it is reproducible. Well, it is. And the timing. So actually, you turned me on. to I hadn't watched the um, Beatles get back. Yes. Let it be. Yeah. I meant to tell you that. I thought I'd been watching it. And. You know, there's also something to timing too, right? There is. I mean, they were incredible songwriters, hands down, without without a doubt. And there's also something for timing. You know, if I if I did um, "Love, Love Me Do" right now, it might do okay, <laughs> right? It might not be the hit that it was then, um, but you know, there's some of that that we have to take into consideration too. 
you know, that I think can get kind of lost. But anyway, the, yes. Your the point, point is, for, the yes. point for me, though, is I studied Tesla and, and all these other people, and I realized mm -hmm. that they all had a fascination with reading. Yeah. And they all studied ancient wisdom traditions. Yeah. And they all studied what today we call mindfulness and uh, meditation and and altered states of consciousness. Yes. And and I, it, I don't know that that any of them were all any more of a quote unquote just natural born genius than anyone else. It's just that they trained their mind to think and work yeah. in a way that's different than maybe what we might currently be training our mind to think and work. I think that's probably true. And I'm also willing to bet that they followed their interests. They all followed their <laughs> interests as well. Look at that, bringing it all back. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so that's what we're talking about. So um, who are you? Why are you here? Finding the meaning of your life that isn't necessarily around just the doing that you do. And it's fine if it's around the doing that you do, right? It's fine if you want to be build the boats, build the boats. What I find, and I think probably is true in coaching and probably true for you, Cliff, is where the consciousness becomes such that there's a lot of complaining about the doing, that there's a lack of fulfillment in the doing. And then there becomes this, you know, myopic way of existing in which other interests aren't sought out. Um, yes. And we, when we're when we're in a consciousness of, well, I don't have the time because I'm spending all this time over here with my my traditional work, I'll call it traditional work now, I don't have time to allow this other expression of my life to come through. And I see these other creative endeavors as ways of allowing the expression of our life to come through. So if I look at all the things that I know about you that you enjoy doing beyond, you know, podcasting or beyond just coaching, all the other things you're interested in, you know, many of the things that I'm interested in, these are all different expressions. I thought the um, painting metaphor you use is great. All different expressions of our life. And so what is it to have a fully expressed life and what does that look like and how does it add to our existence on this planet? So I want to go into the consciousness a little bit about what it looks like when we're complaining <laughs> and finding that lack of satisfaction in our life and how we start to move beyond, beyond that, I guess, <laughs> beyond that part of it. So for me, for example, I'll give an example. I'll, we'll stay away from hypotheticals. Complaining. How long did I complain about the work that I was doing to you? And I'm going to put it in the framework of complaining. Now, I think there was a lot, there was a lot to unpack there, but, but about how long do you think I was working with you? Did I complain, kind of talk about, I'm not happy doing this? Well, there, there were a number of times that that came up, but it never took in my mind very much for me to get you out of the narrative that was being told and, sure. and shifting your focus immediately over to what do you want to create? And so right. I, I really don't have a lot of, I don't retain a lot of how much is Daphne complaining about what's going on here as much as when, when we're working together, I just like, okay, what's going on? What, what? Uh, Tony Robbins has this three-part thing. He called it's state story strategy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like so. Totally. Uh, it, and I love this because it's like somebody <clears throat> comes and they're complaining. Here's a problem. I really need a strategy. I need clarity on exactly what I need to do to solve this major problem <laughs> that where everybody else is blah blah and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, so you need a strategy to solve this. Actually, wait a second. 
the so that you're in a current state right now right that you are defining this in such a not so positive way and you're looking to go in with a strategy in that state of being and i'm going to tell you right now that just never really gels well yeah no it does not it does not so what if we could actually just mirror let me let me reflect to you and i always like to just say so what i hear you saying is this and i basically take the narrative that i've just heard i reflect it back and they're like well when you say it like that and i'm like no <laughs> this this is exactly how you said it when you say it like that it sounds horrible <laughs> <laughs> and I, and so, and then I'm like, okay, what, what would you have to believe? What would you have to think? What would you have to feel? What state would you need to be in yeah. to come up with this narrative? Yeah. And, and then it, and, and then it's okay. Okay. Now, what state would you like to experience Yes. right now and in the future? That's right. And from this state of being, what story can you give to the same circumstances that we talked about before? Yes. How can you perceive this differently? How can you how can you see this as a possibility for you to experience more of this peace, love and joy and abundance and fun and play and dance and and all this other stuff down the road? And then it's like, OK, so now we've got your story. We got your state. Now let's create a strategy for making that happen. Yeah, which is perfect. And I think this gets into when you get to the to the state part and the strategy and I want to come back because I'm going to hold my feet to the fire here for a second myself. <laughs> you know, when you get to when you understand the state part of it, and again, this is where the beliefs and the you know all the things we're telling all the stories we're telling ourselves right play into this. Once you can get underneath that, then you start to find your sort of get what I call the get out of jail free card, right? That consciousness mm. that created that state is probably not the same. It's not the same consciousness that's going to get you get you where you want to go, right? We got you here won't get you there. So when I looked back at my experience early on, this is, you know, we're going back, what, 10 years now, 11 years, at least. When I looked at that experience, and this is where the big leap did fit into a lot of these things too, as I got going and looking at what were the things I was really interested in? How did I want to be simply spending my energy on this planet since it was here? And that, took it probably when i look back it took me a year and a half to two years which relatively speaking is nothing <laughs> by the way but you know a good year and a half to two years of getting myself comfortable and you talked about this too cliff of sort of the identity that was there i mean i was a physical therapist i spent years <laughs> investing in that career hours and hours of time you know getting good at my craft and getting good at being that that person and had my identity so attached to that, that it took a minute to sort of unwind that. And it also took, and this is why I think the creative, where, the, where I'm getting with the creative endeavor side of it, it took me allowing myself to get interested in other things, to go out into the world and go, yeah, I actually really am interested in improvisational theater. I am really interested in knowing about, I can't remember all the rock groups I was looking at time, or experiencing this in a different way. And that started to really, help and here's the other part that came out of that i made friends with other people <laughs> yes i met people who were doing these things right some of my dear friends today i met you i was like i'm interested in podcasting i had no idea what it even was when i look back as a matter of fact when I found that mind map it was my old journal 
that I had when I first started working with you. And, you know, I had seen a question mark podcasting, (laughs) (laughs) but it seemed like a good idea. And I think this is the other thing that comes out of us following these creative endeavors, following these things that we're interested in, doing these other things and reframing this and work because we meet other people. We create different networks. We're not simply hanging out with just the people that we work with in our, in our nine to five job, so to speak. Yeah. Right. And I think that adds, that adds the spice, sort of the energy brings the energy into our life too. So as I was on that journey of letting go of a little bit of that identity and reworking that with myself, then I was able, it kept opening the door for me to follow these other things that I was interested in. And I really think that is part of when I work with people and work with clients who are talking a lot about work-life balance, what I find is none of that exists. None of it. They, they're simply not allowing themselves to do the other things that they're interested in either. I don't know if you experienced that with your clients. I, I experienced that with some clients. Yeah. Um, there seems to be this, this philosophy. I wrote this down before we started. Find work that pays a lot of yeah. money quickly. Uh, work, tire, <laughs> work tirelessly night and day. To amass um, uh, as much wealth as quickly as possible. The goal is to earn enough money to retire early and never work again. Okay. (laughs) That's that's what I see in a large number of people. And the the people- And then once you get all the money to fear yourself to death about losing it. (laughs) Well, they haven't quite got there yet. Uh, Although, by the way, I I do have several clients who, you know, I just, I, I love when I get a client who has- built your this massive wealth 20 30 years they just sold their business for 8 or 10 million dollars yeah. they never have to work another day in their life and they're like who the heck am i if i yes. don't do this yes this I, is some of what i'm pointing to cliff that's it, exactly it, it. The, yeah. these are some these are some of the most depressed people that i've come across yeah and 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 that's not an exaggeration it's not hyperbole they literally have lost all connection with their reality. Yeah. They just sold their baby. Yeah. They just they just sold their identity. They just sold their meaning. They just sold all of their purpose. It was all tied up in that work. And that's a big part of what I'm pointing to. And I've and I've lived that to some degree. I mean, that's what I went through in I don't know, 2014, 2013 probably of really having my first dose big time of what is it to, I'm, I'm going to start a new career, but why does it feel like I'm leaving part of myself? (laughs) 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 What? (laughs) And, you know, and I, and I left my job in July last year, you know, I had had my own business. I took on a little bit of a corporate gig for a few years and then I left that again and it wasn't, and I, and I, and I'm fascinated by the number of people who it's like, well, what are you going to do? What, like, how are you going to spend your time? Like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I have no lack of things that I'm going to do. I'm more busy now than I actually probably ever have been doing things that I love doing. And I think that's exactly what I am pointing to also, Cliff, is that when we don't allow our full expression of our life to come through, then it does start to feel that way. And I do think that it's a real jingle for people. And I, you know, and I lived it. I mean, I went through it in, you know, many, many years ago. And then this last time really wasn't a big shift at all. It was, it was pretty seamless, actually. It was effortless, really. Um, And so, 
you know, I think that's the call of following these other interests and not knowing where they're lead. And then all the people that I've met along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really a big deal. There are two things before we wrap today I want to share because I, I had written down some things and, and I wanted to share with you. I, I'm like, I don't know if any of this is going to come up in our conversation today, well, but it fits good. here. Yeah. So I, I, I was jokingly sharing with you what I think is in the mindset of, of several people. I had the opposite of this and it still led me to some not so great results. And that was mm -hmm. I had this belief, find something that you love to do so much that you would do it for free, then become so good at doing that thing that people would be willing to pay you to do it. Now, for me, the importance of this is the idea of finding something that you're passionate about mm -hmm. and the idea of mastering a skill. And it suggests that if you truly love what you're doing and you dedicate yourself to excelling at it, you can turn your passion into a profession. And if you hold on to this belief, you, your well-being will be supplied for if but there's what i've discovered daphne is there's still in in my interpretation of that philosophy there was still this tie of what money equals yeah. work work equals money and 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 even further at a deeper level enough money coming in or available to me equals well-being yeah, and well-being right. equals my peace my love, my joy, my overwhelming sense of abundance, my worthiness, so much was tied to that. And what I'm saying is that, you know, there's there's beauty in all of these different options. We, sure. we talk about this, this is life, the ultimate choose your own adventure game. And there is nothing wrong with going out and finding a lot of money quickly, going in and hustling for a season of your life, retiring early and then going and enjoying life. There's nothing wrong with, you know, just finding something that you love to do, you know, ride it out for many years, excel at it, become increasingly better at it. And hopefully maybe one day you will get incredibly well paid to do that thing that you've mastered. The, the thing is, though, at some point, you're going to have to find out what is my identity and how much of it is to t determined and tied to doing and therefore not enough effort or, and not enough value is giving to the being alive. It's the question of how many people, Daphne, when you said you were retiring, said, what are you going to be for no the one. next five to ten years of your life? <laughs> no one. <laughs> they were all very concerned about what I would be doing with my time. Very so there concerned. is there is one quote that really much really resonates with me today, and it and it's one that I love so much. He says, and it and it's got the he language, but you know we'll we'll just go with it before what sure. it is. It says here, the master in the art of living. And by the way, can I just say how much I love the phrase the art, art of, living? of living? Yes, this isn't the science of living. This no. is the art. If it I didn't call it a form. game, the ultimate choose your own adventure game, we could have called life the ultimate choose your own adventure art. Or something yes yeah yeah agreed all right so find a job you enjoy uh, actually no that's the wrong one. the master in the art of living makes little distinction between now distinctions makes little distinction between his work and his play his labor and his leisure his mind and his body his education and his recreation his love and his religion or spirituality. Uh, he hardly knows which is which. 
He simply pursues his vision of excellence at whatever he does, leaving others to decide whether he is working or playing. <laughs> to him, he is always doing both. <laughs> so good. That is a whose quote is that? That is James Mishner. James Mishner. That's right. Yes. Who we learned as an author. Yes. That's a beautiful quote. And and Cliff, I think that that part about and we're, again, come back to the show, the title of the show, right? The game, the game of life. And so where are you playing all the time? And that's why I like to reframe, and that, that quote does it very well, reframe this whole idea of, quote, work and simply seeing our life as life and following the interests and the things that we want to do and having these creative endeavors and making it all a form of creation and all a form of creativity because that's what I find that it is. I love it. I love it too. I think we're going to run the show. That's a, that's a, that's a great way to tie up this episode. <laughs> well, your quote was great too. All right. Oh, well, thanks. we are going to wrap up this episode. Um, let's see what announcements we have. You can find us at cliffravenscraft.com and daphne-scott.com. I mentioned my new endeavor with music. And if you're listening and you know anyone that's a professional musician, I would love to speak with them. That would be awesome. You can email me at Daphne at Daphne-Scott.com. And if you are more interested in getting on with your creative endeavors, please reach out to Cliff as well. Coaching, more coaching going on over at CliffRavensCraft.com. And you just did it. By the way, I do want to I do want to pump uh, promote here your latest um, Cliff Ravenscraft podcast. Oh, yeah. Episode 719 of the Ravenscraft show. It's so good. It is so Which one good. was that? It was, was uh, it they, the they will remember how they how you made that. Oh cool. yes. That yes. It, yeah. Yeah. They will they will it was uh it was I was watching the movie uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood yeah. where Tom Hanks plays Mr. Rogers. Yes. I share the biggest thing, the the biggest storyline that really drew me in and and reconnected to me of a childhood love of always how Mr. Rogers made me feel. And then, of course, also the biggest life lesson I learned from my friend and mentor, Dan Miller. Uh, and, and it is uh, the perfect example of what Maya Angelou is known to have said. This, like, listen, in the end, when you're dead and gone, people aren't going to remember what you did. They're not going to remember what you said. They're not going to remember all the things that you had. All they'll remember is how you made them feel. And I share from a business perspective about how I implement that in my life. And I try to do for some what I wish I could do for everyone. And if you're interested, episode 719 of the Cliff, Cliff Ravenscraft Show at thecliffravenscraftshow.com or cliffravenscraftshow.com or just look up Cliff Ravenscraft in your favorite podcast directory. I love it. And it's excellent. I did Thank listen you. to it. It's great. So you can find us cliffravenscraft.com. You can find us at daphne-scott.com and the show and go to the show notes at chooseyourownadventurepodcast.com. The show notes are in there. We will put links to everything that we reference and we're putting the transcription on there too. So maybe you're just kind of sitting somewhere and you want to read it. But if you go to chooseyourownadventurepodcast.com, it's on there. There's timestamps, the whole thing. And you can do that if you want. It's all there. It's all there for you, my friend. Follow your energy. Follow your energy. All right. We'll see you soon.